You're listening to the Yes, I'm Still Sober podcast with John Rabin. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, episode 149 of the Yes, I'm Still Sober podcast. I'm John Rabin, and it's good to have you back. Unless this is your first time, then it's good to have you. I am trying something new today, you guys. I don't know if this sounds different other than uh, I'm recording this late at night. So my voice is uh, once again kind of shot. Um, But uh, as opposed to setting up in my semi-professional way to record a podcast, which involves a rolling desk and office chair and setting it all up to record and really get into it for almost half an hour i decided i would just put the laptop on my lap while i'm reclined on my bed as i hold the mic because the mic is not stationary it is not one of those professional hoodad uh that you see um that costs uh lots of money this is a uh, blue yeti USB microphone, which is excellent, I, I must say, worth every every penny, um, but also quite mobile. So I figured after I ate, I would just kind of uh, sit my ass down and uh, just see how it. <laughs> Let's see if comfort allows for uh, equal or better listening pleasure. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, uh, I'm just like, ah, I'm going to, I had a long day. I did some work and shit. I hope you're having a good week. If you're a sober person, I hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, I hope you're staying sane. Hope it's been all right. Things are ramping back up. You can tell because the, they just released a, like a preview of all the upcoming Marvel movies. So, you know, the nerds are ramping back up, so and they're they're excited. I've seen YouTube. They're very excited. I'm excited because I like that I like that shit too, but uh it's just one more step towards uh, normalcy and also I'm definitely like jonesing for uh, my sports fix, because I actually watched the NFL draft on ABC. I've never done that before. So you know it's like, uh, I'm I'm starving for something. Give it to me. Yes, I will watch this. It's uh, In retrospect, it's like, why the fuck did I watch that? Mm, I'm not going to go into it, but, uh, but I had a good time. That is the exciting thing that happened this past week. Upcoming week, I'm going to get on stage for the first time in 14 months and do just some uh, little open mic, which is basically just to, you know, just to get used to uh, not doing well on stage. It's like, I'm not, it's fine. I can, uh, I can try stuff out. And uh, I'm, you know, I don't think I'm too rusty on that. I've been bombing every week on this podcast. So uh, <laughs> let's do it in person with some other people who are, um, and not even like, audience members it's an open mic it's basically me 
bombing in front of other people waiting to also bomb. It's a, it's a very bizarre, when you really think about, it's like, how effective are these open mics, really? I mean, it's, you know, it's like, how can you get a good feel for new material when you're trying it out in front of people who don't want you to do better than them, who aren't really listening to you because they're going over their notes that they're going to use when they perform their jokes to the same people who won't listen to them? Sounds depressing, right? It is. And yet, it's the cornerstone of the population with mental illness known as comedians. And somehow we like it. And it's like, ooh, I can't wait to get on stage and suck. I'm tired of sucking in my bedroom. (laughs) It's time to suck in public, guys. Ugh. Had a nice um, confrontation with the foreman, I guess a foreman, or the uh, the manager, the owner of the uh, painting crew that was hired to paint our apartments, which is not a huge building. I've talked about them before. They're still working on it. They've been painting our apartment complex for the entire year since January maybe even before that I I don't know if I don't know if uh, they get paid by the job I don't know why it takes so long I, I guess the idea is you get paid to start a project or you get paid for the project so they just take on a bunch of projects so that they can make a bunch of money up front and then they just eventually finish it um, when they feel like it. It sucks. These painters, I've got a, uh, my wife has a, uh, my wife has one of those uh, hammocks that it's like the, the metal frame. So we've got like this space out and like the stairwell of the apartment complex has a space that some people have, you know, in their area, they have like their, they have like a bar, bar chairs and a table for like a smoking area and stuff. But, um, where we live on our, on our floor, it's, there's nothing there. So we put a hammock frame there and, and then it's got hooks on it and then you hang the hammock on it and it just, that way you don't have to actually like find a tree to tie to. Right. But these fuckers, stole the hooks which are basically like clothes they're called clothesline hooks i know because i went to home depot to buy replacements the gust and they cost two bucks a piece it's four four dollars total but i had to go to home depot to do it but that's what they're called they're called clothesline hangers they just kind of stick out and and it's just a little hook but they fucking stole them because they were there in the morning when i went to work then when i came back from work they were gone like the painters were gone and the hooks were gone. And we've had that hammock out there. Like the frame, like we'll put the, take the hammock up, but we'll leave the frame out there. It's been there for a year. And nobody steals hardware 
that are very that's a very specific piece of hardware is like ah, this may come in handy somewhere i don't know why you would take it but they took it and meanwhile leaving their trash like their drinks and stuff so they leave trash everywhere they do a shitty job and they steal from us um, which our apartment complex is apparently aware of how terrible they are and they're kind of stuck with them I guess I don't know what they can do but other than go yes we're, 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 we understand that they are terrible because um, I had already complained I've already complained to the apartment complex about them and that's, that's a waste of time to go back there but I did go back there by the way because it cost me $4. So I wanted to waste at least in labor over $4 worth of time for both the apartment manager and also the uh, the head dude of the painting crew because they were there the next day. And I went to Home Depot and I bought new, new hooks and I went and found the guy, showed him to him, told them that these were taken. And that your guys took it. I can't prove that. It's like, uh, you know, because one of the guys is like, uh, do you know, do you know for a fact that it's like, no, I don't know for a fact that it's your guys. Also, I'm not asking to call the cops. I'm just telling you that your guys are scumbags and that I'm aware they're scumbags. And the, uh, the guy was like very apologetic. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Just want to let you know we have a zero policy on this. Oh, You've got a zero tolerance, zero tolerance policy on theft. Oh, really? You guys are against thievery in your business. You with and a zero zero tolerance policy. Yeah, we had to establish it. At first, we just kind of discouraged theft, but then we were like, no, you know what? Zero tolerance. Early on, when we thought a little bit of theft was okay, that tend to hurt business. So now. We really discourage stealing from our clients. So I chewed him out. And I made sure to, like, really take a long time because, once again, and he offered, actually, to take the receipt and to compensate me, but it's $4. I don't want to wait around for paperwork for 4 bucks. I just wanted to waste his time so that he would be pissed off about it for having to deal with me and then he could take it out on them even though he didn't know who did it I knew who did it because I recognized the guy that was up there I don't know for a fact you know it may not have been him it may have been another guy but nobody's going to snitch on anybody nobody's going to fess up for it I took the $4 bolts I just wanted to make it hard on them so that when they're grumbling later, they can go, way to go, Miguel, you fucker. You know, the boss wrote our ass because you wanted two bolts. Good. Way to go. That's what I wanted. I wanted to cause everybody grief, be a little Karen-esque about it, but really just get into people's ass because that way, you know, after I did that and then complained to the manager and they're like, oh, 
Well, can you write up an email and send a picture of the bolts? You know, so that I can keep that on file and then we can we can talk to the company and really get into it. And I thought to myself and I went, yeah, I will do that. And I totally did not. Because honestly, after wasting everybody's time, it made me feel better. I went to work, went about my day, and that was enough. That's all I wanted. I wanted to waste their time and be a pain in the ass. I wasn't going to spend any more time. I wasn't going to take a picture of the bolts, the replacement bolts, and then attach it in email form and send it so that more paperwork could be done and processed it. Have you seen these bolts? You know, come on. What are we going to do here? I just wanted to be heard. But more importantly, I just wanted to waste time. And I did. So, one thing I, I just noticed on uh, social media, um, Joe Rogan has uh, recently discovered the four agreements. He's posted about them, about how great they are. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I know Johnny come lately. I was covering this, you know, years ago. That's four agreements along with uh, Fight Club and um, Zen Buddhism. But just Zen, like meditation, is, is what I used uh, when I got out of jail and for, for my recovery program. That was my own customized recovery, recovery program. Uh, and I keep forgetting that not everybody knows about it because not everybody um, was in Travis County rehab, uh, the rehab program in, in jail where the book was available. So not everybody's been passed around this, this tiny little book. But, uh, and what I've said, and I've said previously when I've talked about the, uh, the four agreements, what the thing I like about them are, which the four agreements, the whole, um, don't make assumptions. Don't take anything personally. Um, be impeccable with your word and always do your best. What I like about it is it's more, it doesn't preach to you. It's just about making you kind of a better, you know, like the better version of who you want to be. It's like making yourself more ethically sound like a drug dealer or gangster could follow the four agreements and still follow their profession. It's one of those kind of things. It doesn't preach to you. And I'd been thinking about that for a little bit because I think one of the things that um, kept me from really buying into 12-step programs is it felt because of I don't know if it's because of the language because really you know how as time you know how the King James Version you know the Bible's really got a lot of dated language the AA book is the same way the big book and just like any kind of the any kind of a 
the documentation and anything said and the the phrasing and the phrases and the catch, yeah all the catchphrases of AA and everything as time goes cuz we're coming along almost 100 years since the since AA was started it's just it's getting more and more dated right so So it just feels so, so it's always been kind of a, you know, kind of feeling kind of dated, but it's always been kind of, you know, it's morally, it just kind of preaches in the same kind of way as the Bible. It just kind of preaches at you. It, you know, you've about, they don't, they don't say that an inanimate object is bad. They don't say, you know, alcohol is bad and drugs are bad. But it does feel some, I don't know if it's, if it's the actual group that you go to, like the AA group or the NA group, but it just, it just kind of implies that the action of drinking or doing drugs is bad, which I don't believe. I'm not opposed to, I'm not anti-drugs and I'm not anti-alcohol at all. I, so it's, it's just, they, it feels like they, they equate using or drinking to like, you know, fraternizing with prostitutes, like this kind of like, there's this moral high ground is like, Oh, you know, these are the unfortunates. And, uh, you know, we need to restore you to sanity and get you back with the good people, the normal people. Back to society where you can live a boring life and contribute like you should have been doing all this time. And I just don't buy into that shit. I have a very unpopular opinion, which is that if you don't have a problem with alcohol or drugs by the time you're 40, I don't think you did it right. <laughs> it's, I don't necessarily think that that's true, but I believe it because I feel like if, you know, you got to take a chance, you got to live a little bit, have, have some fun, a little bit of self-destruction. I went overboard. I'll I'll admit it. Mm. But uh, it just—I've always thought that. I've I've always thought like, you know, if you've been even keel your entire life, can you imagine that? You're telling me you knew when to say when the whole time. Man, that's like dying with a good credit rating. What's the fucking point? Imagine if there was an afterlife and you go to an afterlife and and somebody goes, so, what'd you think? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, no, nah, life. Yeah, no, nah, it was fine. I did everything I was supposed to do. Um, did you enjoy yourself? Well, I, I watched Breaking Bad. That was cool. I saw the Grand Canyon once. Yeah, it's a life, you know. AMC dramas and a big hole in the ground. I give life a six, six point five. It was fine. Sad man. 
I'm not encouraging. That's the thing. I'm not encouraging to go back to drugs if you've quit or to start drinking again. You're like, yeah. No, 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 no. That's the thing. It's like taking a chance and having some, you know, it's like I'm going to, you know, really enjoy myself. And But then, you know, you find out that, oh, shit, I'm at a point now where I realize uh, it's time to. I can't be doing this anymore. And that's when you get help. That's when you work on yourself. That's when you go, all right. So, the, but the whole thing is, so now you're trying to become, fun, you know, a functional member of society again, you're trying to get your shit back together. A lot of people use or drink to avoid pain, you know, trauma, or avoid responsibility and to avoid, by the way, taking little mini vacations and getting, you know, to forget stuff. Doing drugs or drinking to forget stuff is not bad. That's what I, I don't, I don't like that idea. That it's morally reprehensible to avoid something. No, it's just, if you keep avoiding it, it just makes it worse. It's not healthy. Self-destruction isn't healthy. It's pretty fun, though, to a point. And then it's not fun. But, but that's the thing, is it feels like a lot of recovery programs, and I'm, you know, this is not about recovery in general, it's just the feeling you get from people is you're being shamed like the actual act was wrong. And that's not true, man. It's, it's the actions, it's harming other people while being fucked up or while you're spiraling out of control. That's the problem. And I get, and that's where, you know, the, the steps to, you know, try to uh, address that. But the thing about it is you still need to address the issues, which is why you were using in the first place. If there were, you know, now that you're now that you're clean and sober, that doesn't. You're still broken there. That stuff's still there. You still have to deal with it. And I, and I think that that's one of the problems with some recovery programs is they act like the steps is everything. This will do it. This will take care of you. But, you know, 12 steps aren't, aren't a replacement for therapy. You still need to work on that. You use, the, you use a, a program, a recovery program, so that you can continue to stay off of alcohol and drugs. While doing that, now you got to deal with the other shit. And that's where therapy comes in. I mean, that's, I, and you know what, that's, that's why I think rehab... I mean, that's why rehab, at least for me, was better. It's better than just going to meetings and, and working the program because rehab actually addresses that. It actually has the, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy or um, rationally motive behavioral therapy specifically for me at my rehab, you know, to deal with your thinking and you know, and you got these small groups and individual, you know, small group therapy and large group therapy and individual therapy in the rehabs. 
which is why we man it really be nice to for for other people to uh you know to make that affordable and available to more people because that's you need that's what you need just just going through the steps you know you can't make amends yourself to mental proper mental health you know you're like i'm sorry scratch list off winter soldier like you can't just keep doing that and like think that that's going to fix everything <laughs> i'm sorry i just realized i was like that's a long fucking pause i just did fix one two Everything. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I'm relaxed on this bed and I thought uh, I could just kind of ramble and like I'm thinking things through and I'm just being very relaxed with long dramatic pauses. Anyway, I hope you get what I'm saying. I hope you get that the, the whole idea. I don't know. I, I just I just like the idea of uh, I want to live a sober life. I just want to live life. You don't need to, when, when you focus, when you make a moral judgment on somebody for their drug use or their alcohol use, it, it adds a lot of, sh it, it adds that element of shame to it. And, you know, person should feel shame for their actions that they regret that they need to atone for if that's appropriate. I mean, if it's appropriate to, uh, to do so, but you shouldn't feel shame for the actual act of something that, that makes you, that made you feel better. You know, it's, it's just weird. It's just, it, I think it makes things more difficult to do. You got enough to deal with without having to regret. I, regret that I ever started drinking no you can't help that you didn't know it was going to make you you were going to become addicted you didn't know you had an addictive personality to that level right that's not what you need to be focusing on you need to not be focusing on regret and feeling shame you need to focus on what you got to do to keep moving forward Quit dwelling on that. And then work on therapy. Find some therapy. Like I said, man, 12 step. The 12 steps are not a substitution for therapy. If you need to work on that, you got to find, you know, I don't want to sound like a, there's, there's a lot of podcasts that, that actually advertise. Try betterhelp.com. Uh, they are not a sponsor. I don't have a sponsor. You'll know when I'm doing well when I start having sponsors, I guess. I said I wasn't going to, but it'd be funny if those of you who join me every week, every week, just all of a sudden, uh, today's this, uh, yes, I'm still sober podcast is brought to you by stamps.com stamps. You put them on letters back to you. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining me uh, once again to this little thingy. Um, makes me feel better, and I hope it makes you feel better. 
or at least, you know, gives you something to do for about half an hour while you fold laundry or whatever the fuck. I appreciate it. I'm John Rabin. This has been the Yes, I'm Still Sober podcast. We'll see you next week. Later. Oh,